trust in something or someone, it's nearly impossible to, to get it back unless you earn it back. And you earn it back by truth and transparency and admitting that you were wrong. I mean, all kinds of things that could have happened that didn't. And when I say to them, don't fail us the second time around, as the tsunami of death comes, that husbands, brothers, children, parents, all of these people that have gotten the shot and either die from the shot or die from the sequela of the shot or die because they now have destroyed their immune system and they get pneumonia and whatever other type of infection that comes along and die from that, the deaths are going to be real. All cause mortality is through the roof already. And we're not even two years into this. Pastors, if you're listening to this, priests, rabbis, don't fail us the next time around. Go to your people comfort them pray with them be with them as they go as they march through the tsunami of death that's coming welcome to business game changers i'm sarah westall i have the great dr sherry tenpenny coming to the program this program is not for the faint of heart she's gonna tell it the way she sees it and she wants you to prepare mentally spiritually physically just get ready for this winter it's not going to be easy as the excess death toll keeps rising and we're going to see what we're going to see but i gotta tell you i'm hopeful i have a lot of faith in the human race i have a lot of faith in our bodies and i think we're going to see miracles happen i don't think everyone who has had the shot is going to die i think people with lower toxicity levels their body will be able to handle it. I also think there's going to be some bodies that will be able to withstand it and their DNA won't be affected. And if they can change our DNA, we can change it back. So I really think there's going to be solutions. I also know that the scientists I'm working with, with quantum energy and ozone therapy, there are really great solutions that people are putting forward. So the solutions document that Dr. Joe Newsman and I put together which you can get at sarahwestall.com, we are going to focus not only on keeping from getting sick, because that's so important. If you keep from getting sick, you won't get that inflammation storm. But we're also going to, to vamp it up on how you can heal your body because more and more solutions are coming forward. And so we, we're going to build that part out more. So just keep going to that site, see if there's solutions that you can find. Also remember that Sherry Edwards has that DNA specific tool where you can see what your weakest DNA link is. And we believe that the spike protein goes after your weakest DNA link at first. And then after you solve that issue, probably goes after your next weakest link. So, but it, it is something you need to focus on. Okay, before we get into this really great conversation, I want to tell you about the Govi gas saving tablets. If you have not tried that, you really, really should try that. I have seen my car. I am saving now upwards of 30% on one vehicle and the other vehicle. It took a while. It took me about four tablets before I see it, saw it move at all. And now it's starting to climb and now I'm saving 10% per tank and I hope it keeps climbing. The problem is it's an older vehicle. Older vehicles take longer for the tank to clean out. And whereas a new vehicle can come around really quickly. I also want to say that it's available all over the world, likely in your country, you can get it. Some countries are seeing astronomical gas prices. So this really could help you save money. Plus you don't have to put premium fuel in your gas tank. If you have not tried this, you should really try it. There are some fear mongers out there saying, don't try it because it's going to wreck your engine. That is just simply not true. It actually runs much cleaner. And so it's better for your engine. It's just great. I also have a product called snake oil, which is a one-time investment and works for the life of your car that works better for older vehicles. And people are seeing amazing results from that as well. I really highly recommend you do that, especially if you have an old vehicle, you're going to save yourself from having repairs and on gas money. Please do these things, at least give it a try because I really think in this inflation environment, it is very helpful to be able to have something to save money on. Other thing, Z-Stack, if you're using Dr. Zelenko's Z-Stack to help with your immune system, I do have a coupon for 10% off. Use FALL10, F-A-L-L-10, and you will save 10%. And if you're already buying it, it's a no-brainer to get that 10% off. 
buy maybe a few bottles in bulk so that you can be ready for the whole season and save that 10%. If you haven't tried it yet, this is a good time to try because you can get it for less than you typically can. Also want to say the Defy Time Telomere Lengtheners. I have a coupon for that to save 20% and it's Sarah VIP 2022. Look for that because that's the best discount I've ever had on that. You can also save I believe 10% if you're a new customer. It's a great Christmas gift to give somebody a few years of extra life. So try that. It's really a wonderful gift for somebody and for your father. I give for my parents. I do everything I can to keep them alive. I'm hoping I got them some extra years of life. So if you don't remember what the coupons are, you can always go to sarahwestalt.com and find them under shop. And while you're there, sign up for my newsletter. That's how we can stay in contact. And let's get into this really good conversation with the great Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. Hi, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. Thank you so much for returning to the program. You're welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me, Sarah. It's been a while. It has been a while, and I'm really glad I have you back. There's <laughs> Since the last time that you're on, there has been a lot going on, and that's an understatement. When you came on last time, you talked about the PREP Act which was so timely. It was incredible. I still have that up because it's what they did to prep for all this nonsense that we're dealing with. But I wanted to ask you what you thought about the fact that after all this time and all the evidence that's out there, we're still being bombarded with commercials on trying to convince people to get the booster shot and get the vaccine. Well, that's a, the $64 million question, isn't it, Sarah? I mean, it's um, the, the evidence is irrefutable now that the COVID shot causes more damage and death than the COVID infection even ever thought about doing. Because, you know, we're not fighting human beings here. These people are probably already taking their shots to be transhumans. They, I was talking to somebody the other day and they were talking about that the, the blood of children is the currency in the, the, within the Davos crowd. And it's just a really an ugly, horrible thing that's happening on, on, on humanity. And it's, you know, as, like you, you know, I've been hammering the airwaves for almost two years now. I mean, beginning in March of 2020, up through December of 21, in that about 18 month period of time, I did well over 600 interviews. And I've done another 100 probably between this, the, in, in this year and 2022, trying to warn people about the 40 mechanisms of injury that that I have actually put together that I did in a webinar last year. And those eBooks are available at drtenpenny.com still, you know, the 40 mechanisms of injury of how the COVID shots can make you sick or kill you. And now it's almost on a daily, weekly basis. We're seeing more and more studies that are coming out that just affirm everything that I said back in the beginning of 21 and that these shots are, are bioweapons. They're designed, they're the most deadly, slow kill bioweapons ever been created. And what is happening is this whole concept of democide. You know, genocide is going after a particular subset of the population. It would be like just killing off um, African-Americans or just killing off Asians. That would be genocide. Democide is killing off everybody at the hands of government policy. That's the definition of democide, and that's exactly what we're doing. And it's, um, and I think that as much as you've talked about it, I've talked about it, the disinformation dozen, you know, Stu Peters, I mean, the list of us that have been hammering the airwaves for nearly two years now, I don't think that there's a lot of people that are still kind of on the fence. I mean, they've either from the beginning and got stronger in their belief system of, I'm not putting any of that stuff in my, in my body to disrupt my genetics or to cause a long list of spike protein disease or um, autoimmunity from the antibody to the spike protein, or they're the people who ran out and couldn't wait to get the shot as soon as it came on the market in this experimental product. And they've got, they've had two shots and at least one, if not more boosters. And we're now starting in, when I first started talking about it back in 2020, um, people, and I said, there's going to be this tsunami of death. That's going to be coming. People are like, ah, oh, 10 penny. There's that conspiracy tinfoil hat stuff that you have again. I said, no, it really is going to happen. 
And they said, when do you think that will be? And I said, six or seven months from now. And here we are because we're seeing millions of people that are dying. I mean, Steve Kirsch and Ed Dowd have crunched numbers. They think 12 million people at a minimum have died from these shots around the world. We know there have been more than 900 professional athletes that have died up through the end of August. We see it every single day, like it's some big anomaly. And I think that by the time we get through this flu season, Sarah, there isn't gonna be a single person in America, maybe beyond, uh, and maybe beyond, that isn't going to know one or more people that have died because of or in or or with these COVID shots of what's happening. And I don't think there's a lot of gray area left. I think people are either in it or out of it. And I think that that's um, it pretty much is a state statement of where we are right now. And I think the people who are still in it, it's just a psychological thing. They can't. Do you think they'll ever get out of it? or uh, they'll die no. with trauma. I don't I mean, because I, I th go ahead. I do because I think that um, it's not very easy for most people and particularly not Americans to admit they were wrong. You know, what is it? One of those Mark Twain quotes, something like it's easier to fool a person than to convince a person that they have, that they've been fooled. You know, and so I think that that's where we are, you know, you know, to convince people that they bought the Kool-Aid and they shouldn't have done this is really hard. I mean, it's like you, you sort of have to admit that you volunteered to roll up your sleeve, no matter people say, well, they made me do it. And my spouse made me do it or my boss. Made no, you sat in the chair and you rolled up your sleeve and you can blame anybody that you want. You can blame it on fear. You can blame it on convenience. You wanted to go on the cruise. You wanted to see your grandkids. You wanted to want to, want to, want to, want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to. Or you can blame it on coercion. Like people were coerced into it by bosses or by the military or something like that and sat in the chair sobbing because they felt like they were coerced and they gave in. But the thing is, is that people have to re accept responsibility for the fact that they did it when they start to get sick or, or friends or family members are dying, um, you can't be blaming everybody. It's you. Yeah, there was a tragic case of two parents that didn't get their their little child um, or themselves vaccinated, uh, probably themselves. And so they couldn't, the child couldn't get the, the organ transplant that they needed. And they were trying to get another country to give them the transplant and they wouldn't let them unless they got vaccinated. So they ran out and got vaccinated and then made them wait six weeks. Those people, I mean, it's a point where there are certain people that are so coerced that they're victims, you know, or like they can't feed their family because now they're going to lose their jobs. I mean, there are, there are levels of coercion that were a little bit more than <laughs> normal. You know what I'm saying? But for a lot of people, they could have made the right choice and just say, no, this isn't for me. Well, you know, I come from a very Christian perspective on my views on these things. You know, and one of the things I say when I'm talking is that, you know, people had to keep their job, the same one that they have been complaining about for the last 20 years yeah, and how much I they know. hated it, you know? And so instead of saying, you know, Lord, move me to something different, something bigger, something better, I'm going to trust that if I don't take this shot and I lose my job, I'm going to trust in you to provide for me and my family and put me in the exact place where you want me to be going forward. Um, that's great. People didn't do that. A lot of people didn't do that. And it's, and it's very, and that's, and it's very disturbing to me of how many Christian people didn't do that and how many doors were closed and churches, but they had shot clinics on Tuesday. So we couldn't get together on, on Sunday and pray but I we could know. get to, we could go in on Tuesday and get a shot that that destroys or damages your God-given imprint from God, your God-given perspective, your God-given genetics. Well, let's talk about the 40 problems. And unfortunately, I was hoping you were wrong, but I, you know, it's not, I, <laughs> I never know. said Everybody you were was. wrong. <laughs> I never said you were wrong. I, you know, I never said anybody was wrong. I'm just, I always said, I just hope they're wrong. I hope our, our human animal is stronger than this. And I do believe that there is some to that where human beings genetically, we, there could be something that miraculously happens where we're stronger 
and overcome some of this stuff. Cause that ends up happening. That's not very easy to explain, but in general, you are right. And it's, it's really sad to see. And even the solutions that we're coming up with or trying to come up with get way out of the box. So I was talking to you about this before they're not mainstream medical solutions. So the people that, even if it's just dealing with symptoms for the rest of their lives, we, there, it really is only going to reach a small subset because it's out of the box. You know, people are going to go to the mainstream medical environment to solve their problems and they are not going to be able to solve it. Well, <laughs> not only are they not going to be able to solve it, they are going to do whatever they can to continue to push the narrative because a couple reasons. I mean, I've wondered from the beginning why it was that physicians had lost their ability to think critically and had lost their ability to read. They suddenly became illiterate. Yeah, they couldn't read the studies. Nor were they willing to. And and they wouldn't acknowledge the fact that there were people like me, because I got upset about this too. I can read the studies. I have a science and data background. I can read. I might not understand all the science in it, but I sure the heck understand the numbers. Why can't you? That's how I felt about it, but keep going. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, and not only at this point in time, you know, we're almost two years into this, which Sarah to me is just like blows my mind. I mean, and I talk about this when I, when I do my presentations is that, you know, we're not even two years into this. I mean, they released this, the Pfizer and the Moderna shot in December of 2020 and J&J and AstraZeneca in February of 21. So uh, until we get to Christmas this year, we've only, we've only been dealing with this for two years. So no long-term anything, we're still in the middle of the experiment. And, and but it, it seems like even though five it seems, years. I know, it's just gonna say, it seems like it's two decades that we've been talking about this, <laughs> you know? And so well, it's just seriously. That's how much has happened in this span of time. It, we've been in And how dry. much we've been involved in it, you know? All that's involved right. In it, you know? But it's, um, you know, in that period of time, it's, uh, we've, we've really, really drank the Kool-Aid and the physicians, it, for physicians to still be pushing this and shaming people into getting these shots and saying, oh, you've got a heart problem. You absolutely need to have these shots or, oh, you've had cancer and you're in remission. You need, need these shots, even though like you would think by now that they would have seen enough people like the oncologists that they gave the shot. And within two to four months, they have a recurrence of their disease and it's metastatic and, re and not responsive to anything. You, if you saw just one of those cases, you'd think that you would kind of or at get least it. A couple. I mean, how, how do they have are so clueless? It makes me question everything they do now. Like I don't it, it, as it anything. as it should as it should and I had I had somebody tell me came up to me at one of the events I've spoken a lot in the last couple of weeks and somebody came up to me at one of the events and said um, they had taken their child in for I think maybe it was something simple like a school physical or something to play sports and the pediatrician was pushing pushing really 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 hard for the mom to give this child the COVID shot and she said have you not seen any side effects of this shot in, in, in young children that you've been giving it to? He said, well, I saw, I saw one child die, but I got over it. <laughs> I said, Mike, well, think of that's already a higher percentage of people that would probably die from COVID than from the shot. Just him seeing how many people have he seen die, children die from COVID. I bet it was zero. You Zero. know, and yeah, and but he's so it's already a hundred percent or infinitely higher percentage of people he of children he's seen die from the shot. Yeah, it's just crazy. I saw a, a commercial where they had a little eight year old girl um, getting the COVID shot to protect her baby brother, and it was just you know they're airing these commercials twenty four seven right now. It's they're just going crazy. And I would like to see an injunction. You know, it should be illegal for them to be putting any of this stuff on air because they're promoting, like you said, democide. And I just, I, it's a horror show. Every time I see one of these commercials, it's a horror show. Agreed. Totally. 
totally agree. I mean, and this is going to be generational, and that's the saddest part of it, because we know that the spike protein has a predilection to ovaries and, and sperm, to eggs and sperm. And, you know, the whole idea of, of these young people becoming infertile is real. We're already seeing death, uh, birth rates dropping all over the world in every country. And, you know, when a, when a little female baby, when a little girl baby is born, you know, the number of eggs that she has in her ovaries, that's it. You don't make anymore. They just mature and they just mature so that when you get, you know, to 12 or 13 years old and you start having your periods, you know, they, they mature and they go through there until you get into menopause. And that's all you get. You don't make more eggs like, you know, in, in, a, in a man, in a boy, you know, they make more sperm all the time. And so, but there's also a predilection to the spike protein to binding onto those sperm cells and that can be passed and joined into those eggs. And we really don't know the full extent yet of what that's going to look like when you've got a, a, a fully vaccinated, let's say teenager, if she can get pregnant at all. And when she gets into her twenties and she marries a boy that has had two or more COVID shots, what are their, if they can get pregnant at all? What are those children going to look like? They're going to be we don't know. or have issues. It's a big, hasn't there been a lot of children? Well, how many stillbirths are we? How many yeah. stillbirths are we already seeing? Thousands or late term, what they call late term fetal demise, which means that the baby, when they get to their third, tri into the third trimester just dies. And Christian Northrup is a good friend of mine. And I've talked to her about it. And she said, well, in my 30 year career as an OB-GYN, she said, I think I saw a couple, you know, maybe two or three babies that went it, it, uh, other than babies that maybe died in utero from like a cord wrapped around their neck or something sure. like that. These are just babies that just were developing normally and then just died. She said, you know, and sometimes it's genetic. Sometimes we never do know the reason she said, but I saw maybe a couple of those in my entire 30 year career. She talks to practicing OB-GYNs now that are seeing three to five of these a week. Oh my God. Yeah, I, that's kind of, okay, well, let's talk about, because we know there's a tsunami of this mass die-off that's happening. What about yep. the shots? Yep. Now, are all, you know, there's a website that says, check my batch. Are we, do we know that all batches were, you know, bad? I mean, some people are saying that some batches were really just sailing. What do you think? Are, was it a full-blown experiment or were there control groups? You know, was everybody infected we, or were there, or I know we are the control group for not taking we it. We are the control group. <laughs> the unvaccinated are the control group. Control group. There weren't any control groups in this, Sarah. And I'm not sure that there were any true placebos because if you look at any other clinical trials with any other vaccines, I mean, true placebos are a rare thing. I mean, they always use like, like a new bringing a new hepatitis B vaccine to the, to market the placebo would be the old hepatitis B vaccine. When they did the Gardasil vaccines, you know, Gardasil has a lot of aluminum in it. The placebo in the Gardasil trials was a shot of aluminum. So I just can't, it's beyond me that there would ever be a true saline injection as a, uh, as a placebo. I do believe that there were different formulas. I mean, the German studies, the German data showed that, that there, when it's like, was it check my lot or something like that? Yeah. Where you can see that some of them had lower reactogenicity and some had big spikes. That didn't mean that the ones had lower reactogenicity were, were sterile water. That means that maybe it just had the, the, the lipid nanoparticles in it, or it just had the, the nanotechnology in it, or it just had the graphene oxide in it, or it just had um, the SM102 in it, or any one of the other ingredients that Different are in it. Like this, new Nova, this, this, new Nova, this new, yes, because what I said, when I saw those spikes, you know, on those, on that German data, German data, I said, well, if the good guys saw that data, they would say, oh, look at that one. Whatever's in that, that particular lot, that has a lot of reactogenicity. Don't use that one. Now, if you're the bad guys and you saw that, you go, oh, that, that's the one that we want because we want people to get sick and die from this. That's the point of the exercise. We're going to use that one more. We know for, we, we, we can surmise from a lot of data 
that there were a lot of different recipes. We also know that the manufacturing facilities in Maryland were filthy and that the, with yep. the J&J &J and the AstraZeneca shot, there was cross-contamination in them. And that they, and, and we've heard people like um, Michael, Michael Yaden say, he's never seen such poor quality control on a manufacturer of a shot ever in his entire 35 year career. We're, they're coming out of India and China. Um, there are 788 clinical trials going on right now as we speak for more COVID shots. And so we, we know that they've changed the recipes. Think about this at the very beginning when they first came out with the AstraZeneca shot in the UK, remember the big thing that within seven days, they were having these big things of people having anaphylactic reactions, huge anaphylactic shots. So where they actually, in the vaccine centers, they actually even wanted them to have crash carts because of people having anaphylactic reactions. Don't hear anything about that anymore. Don't see it at all anymore. So something changed in that recipe. So they made it so that the reactions happen later, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I, it's just, I feel like well, we're walking, we're in this Twilight Zone horror movie and trying to figure it out. We are. And basically, we are. The, the most important thing is nobody ever take anything right now coming out of these, these organizations because we don't know, they might use other shots and things to, like the flu shot might be, uh, another method, which I've heard, you know, people say it really is, but they might be putting in all these other shots as well. We don't know. There's no way to know. We don't know. We and don't do you know. Trust these they, guys? You know, of course not. I, I haven't for 22 years. Well, I know, but did you imagine <laughs> they would take it this far? I mean, this is like, beyond yes, the and yes, you did. Yes. My and I'll God. tell you why I'll tell you. Okay. I'll tell you why in 2002, I bought the URL, www.coalitionagainstmandatoryvaccination in 2002. And I talked to everybody I, that I knew at the time saying, we need to get, you know, because what I thought was, what would, this was 2002, what would be the one thing that both pro-vaccine and anti-vaccine people could agree on? They would agree, both of them could agree, we can't mandate this. We can't force people to get this shot. And I took this around to everybody I knew, big patriot groups, uh, people in the anti-vax community, to the NVIC, to all these different people. And they all went, Sherry, you can't be serious. They will never take this this far. They will never mandate this stuff. There's absolutely no way. Well, in 2008, I said, I, I tried to get the healthcare workers rallied around. I said, they are coming after you with mandatory flu shots to keep your job. Oh, you're crazy. They're never going to do that. Here we are. I've seen this coming for a long time that they would do this. Well, it's interesting that you saw it to this level because this is a level of evil that is um, beyond the pale as far as I, I'm concerned. I mean, it's way out there. Now we have Newsom signing legislation that doctors that go against the government uh, you know, narrative will lose their license and it's a criminal activity now. Uh, I, I could see California losing all of their good doctors because they're going to leave. I hope so. I hope so. I, I need to hire some. <laughs> Come to Ohio. I need to hire you. Right. And so, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's absolutely the ministry of truth has fully arrived. It's, it's, but Newsom is the evil gangster that is leading this cause and they're doing a narrative or a propaganda campaign. And a lot of these young people are believing it, that California needs to be followed and California is the way of the future and we're so great and whatever. But the amount of people leaving in droves from California is astronomical. But these young college kids and young 20-year-olds actually believe this crap. Did you see the article that came out yesterday? California becomes the first sanctuary state for child exploitation that Newsom signed into law last week, a bill that makes the state a sanctuary for gender-confused children who want to transition medically without the knowledge or consent of their parents. It is a monstrous law that will undermine undermine parental rights and put at risk 
the mental and physical well-being of vulnerable children who are too young to see past the immediate consequences of these decisions. That was yesterday. Oh my God. How young um, can they be? Like, can they be eight? Can they be 10? Can you imagine your eight-year-old coming back with I a different know. gen? You know, they're not a different gender, but they're mutilated is what they are. I, I would, I mean, I Absolutely. don't you know. I don't even know what to say about some of this stuff. We're in, you know, I just published a video right before this. I'm, I'm actually putting it up now, right after we get off the air here, of a 12-year-old uh, girl and a 9-year-old that was, who her biggest crime was doing a plea to the UN to, because in Ukraine, it's not that children need a safe and non-scary environment and they want peace. Because she did that, she was added to the Ukrainian terrorist hit list to be liquidated. She was 12. I mean, what kind of people are we dealing with here, you know? And at, at some point, we... They're not people, have, Sarah. They're, they're clearly... They're not people. What, do you, what are they? Well, I think some of them, you know, they want to move all of us that survived these shots, all the people that survived the shots, they want to move them into the transhumanism movement, right? We know about the microchipping and in all of the, the electronic things that have been found in many studies now. So they want to move us into the transhumanism movement. So I think many of them are already transhumans. They're already, they have, and they are true psychopaths and psychopaths have no empathy. They have no ability to feel. They, uh, you know, if I were a psychopath and I wanted to kill you, Sarah, we were sitting in the same room and in order to kill you, I had to burn down my house and we were sitting here and that killed you. And I died too, at the same time, I would, as a psychopath, I would consider that a win because at least you died. We can't think like they think they are not humans. They don't have empathy. They don't have feeling. They under, they say that we are now nothing. We're programmable animals now. Like with, you know, Harari Noah uh, Duvall says, you know, we are programmable humans. We can be hacked. These, we can't try to figure out how they think because they are not humans. They are not part of humanity. They, if you've listened to um, Laura Logan's talk on how that they are a satanic cult and that they, yeah. they worship, they, they worship uh, Satan, they're profound Satanists. They, they do child sacrifice, the Baal, like back in the days of Noah and back in the days of the Babylonian mystery schools. We can't even try to get understand how or why they're doing this because they are not human. They're not part of the human race. Okay. Okay. This is a question that I've asked before. I've asked people who supposedly really understand that cult who've been in that cult and still in the cult because- I've come to the same conclusions as you have in Laura Logan and whatever, because I've done a lot of shows on that and interviews and it's horrifying. But I, I ask, well, but they're killing their loyal followers and allowing the rest of us who will fight to still be here. Why? Why are they taking out? Because I mean, do they think that these vaccines are going to, some of these people are going to survive and they're going to be able to be put onto this transhumanist agenda? You know what I mean? Like we're the ones that are going to be left or are they going to kill us a different, who's going to be left? Well, I think that they're going to exterminate us eventually because, you know, even in the Bible, it says, you know, there's going to come a time when you have to get this um, microchip in your hand or on your forehead where you will not be able to buy, sell, or trade, which means you won't be able to eat. You won't be able to have heating fuel or any of those things for your house. So, and you know, the, uh, the camps that they have set up across China and I think here in the U S I mean, I think they're real. So the people that are going to be left, they are going to be the people who, who have perhaps the lower level of toxicity, but they still get moved into the, the transhumanism movement so that they can be hooked up to the internet of things, the internet of bodies that they can be tracked. You know, the, uh, what is it that, what is those letters? CSRQ. I mean, the, the way that they're going to uh, have us be injected and have our carbon credits analyzed and how little money that we're going to be able to have. And that, you know, when we look at the wrong website, you know, we're going to lose our credits, which means we'll lose our ability to have water and food and shelter. I mean, this is pure evil. It is evil. I mean, it says in Ephesians chapter six, you know, we are not fighting humans, but we are fighting powers and principalities of this present darkness. We are fighting pure evil in the heavenly realms as also down here on earth. 
I mean, so it's, how, how it's, do we fight it then? How do we? By God, God, we pull God on the playing field. You know, I wrote, I write two sub stacks a week now, Sarah. I've been writing them for a while. One is called 10 Penny Walk with God. And the one that I, th those are released on Sunday. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Dr. Tenpenny.substack.com is called I Am the Evidence. And every Saturday, I write a medical article about a topic and I release that on Saturday. But it was just this last week that, you know, was talking about um, in Exodus chapter 14, you know, Joe, Moses was saying to the people on the night before they left, you know, um, you know, get out of the way and let God do his job. But we have to ask, we have to ask God to come in and fight these people. We can't fight them from a human perspective because they are not humans. Well, we have, we to, have, have to do our part, help. but we, oh, we have sure. to have spiritual help. But, but I always say, this is my belief. And maybe you don't believe the same. I always believe we are the army of God and we have to do the work that God directs us to do. Yes. I do believe that there are things that we have to do, but if we think that we're going to win this by human effort, it ain't going to happen. Not in my opinion. That's what I believe. I mean, we still have to try to heal people. We have to help to alleviate their su their suffering. I mean, I started a whole new business using, you know, EC EECP, you know, external counterpulsation to heal heart disease and the myocarditis. I've started a whole business on this, and hopefully, we will be. We have got our first clinic here in Cleveland. We've got a second clinic in Ventura, California, and I hope um, within a matter of time we're going to be able to roll these clinics out to help the heart disease. Because listening to Dr. Peter McCullough and Dr. Brian Bindle in, in Canada, you know, it's like they all say within three years, if you've even had one shot, you know, the, the level of even asymptomatic myocarditis that this has affected, um, we're gonna see massive die off within three years from cardiovascular disease. So I stepped in and said, well, what can I do to help that? I mean, I can't do all of it. What can I do that? And um, God kind of put EECP in my lap, you know, and we've, our website is tenpennyecp, tenpennyecp.com that talks about it and all the different things that ECP does, but it, it increases oxygenation to your heart, increases nitric oxide to your heart, increases vascular growth factors. So if you've got blockages, it grows around the blockages, uh, increases cardiac output, increases uh, all kinds of things in a very short period of time, about over a couple of weeks of treatment. Well, and that's so, awesome. you know, I, that I, I mean, I can't cure everybody, but we're going to do our best to save as many as we can. We got to get some of these uh, energy modalities your way too, that they do in conjunction or something, because it's not that expensive and the results are, are phenomenal that we're seeing and it can, it, it can get out to a lot of people quickly. So I do think that there's some other things that you can do. I really hope you guys look into this because it's out of the box stuff. It's not mainstream medical, but they're seeing amazing results. Um, there's another um, uh, Sherry Edwards who is due by, but does bioacoustics. She came up with a, a sound application to figure out what your weakest DNA link is because it, it goes after your weakest DNA uh, aspect first. I think it's layering. So basically it goes after that first then the next thing and next thing, I mean, you're going to just be dealing with symptoms, I think. But that could be a tool for doctors to deal with. It, it has to get them out of their box, though. They got to think differently. And I'm really hoping we can merge some of these fields. Well, yes. And I do think that, you know, um, you know, I always I always say this with a caveat as you know, because people are always contacting me going, man, I got one. I got two of those shots and and I really regret it. I feel terrible. How do I detox? How do I get this out of my body? Well, you can get things out. but you know, it's sort of like a bull in a China shop. I mean, when a bull walks into literally a bull literally walks into a China shop and wags its tail and breaks a whole bunch of things and then leaves, how much of that can you really repair? We don't know because nobody really knows, That's you know? Right. So, so, it, and I always, and I always caveat by saying at least at this point in time, we don't really have the answers for that, but I'm hoping that people are working on it and that we'll be able to repair at least some, some things for some people. That's, and that's what this is. It's just certain symptoms. They're seeing like the blood, the, 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 the blood is going from, you know, after it's being subjected to 5g or the shot, it goes when it's, when it's presented with this energy, it's actually shows healthier than it was before they were even presented with the 5g. 
So it's, um, there's, but that doesn't mean it, like you said, just because you solve that symptom doesn't mean you solve the underlying issue. And there could be, it's layering. That's what I meant, layering of problems. But it's hopeful. I, you know, it's a hopeful thing that people are coming up with solutions that, and here's the worst case. We can't help the people that um, got the vaccine, but we have a glorious future of better medical care for others because we come up with all these solutions. That's the worst thing we're facing. I don't, I, I yeah. became obsessed with this. Like I told you before we got on air, because everyone in my family, not my, my immediate family, not my children, not my husband, not their girlfriend, boyfriend, but everyone else, my mom, my dad, my sisters, their kids, my husband's brothers and sisters, and like everyone got the flipping shot. And I know I'm not unique in that where there's a lot of people in my same boat, but because of that, I became pretty obsessed with trying to work with people who are out of the box, trying to figure out solutions. I also want to add your solution to the document too, because your solution is real. It's, it's working. And so people need hope that they can solve their, at least live with what they got. Yeah. And this is, you know, the ECP is a, is an FDA approved medical device that's been available since 1995. And, you know, cardiology and medicine have thrown it underneath the bus because they can make more money doing stents and bypass grafts. That's right. And, you know, why would I want to have somebody walk into my clinic for an hour a day for 35 sessions that could cure their problem uh, when I can take them into surgery and I can put in a stent or a stent inside of a stent and I can, you know, do bypass surgery and make all kinds of money. And if they die, oh, well, we tried. And so the, the miracles that I've, that I've heard off of these treatments just in the nine weeks we've been open here in Cleveland, I mean, we could spend another whole hour just talking about the stories that have already come from this treatment oh, in my fantastic. own clinic here in Cleveland, Ohio. That's, you see, you're a hero. You're saving lives. Um, I was watching a video of multiple people in the uh, medical industry talking about the amount of money hospitals are going to make doing these gender transition surgeries and how lucrative it is and how just one of these surgeries or just this type of surgery can support the entire clinic for the year, you know, these surgeries. And they're so extensive because they have to keep coming back for um, appointments and all these things. And, and they just said, it just makes a lot of money. And it was watching this person talk about it um, in a cold matter of fact way of, how you need to do this because it makes your hospital money was really kind of surreal. Yeah. And I, if I, I'll find it and post it up on my site or maybe in this interview, it was absolutely incredible. And I think what it does is it shows people because it's hard for people to understand the thinking, like you were saying, these people aren't rational. They don't think like we do, but it's, but when you see somebody say it out loud and talk about it, it's such an evil thing, but they making money on it. It puts things into a more realistic, oh my God, they really can do this. And they are, they are doing it. It's because, you know, if you go back to what, you know, Yuval, Yuval Noah, Harari, Noah Harari says that we are hackable animals and we are God and we can create our own things. We no, no, no longer need some big mystical God up in the sky that we can, we can do this ourselves, which is exactly when God came down and wiped out the earth first time when, you know, what was happening as in the days of Noah. And so, you know, we've, they don't look at us as anything more than something to be tinkered with. And I've thought that about the medical system for a very long time, very, very long time. How much of the healthcare system, even in the 30 years that I've been a physician, how much of it has ever goes and looks for underlying causes, addresses right. that, talks about nutrition, exercise, sleep, water, uh, all those different things that just the good caretaking of your human body, as opposed to just prescribing a synthetically made petroleum product called a drug. Yeah, it's like that. That's what Dr. Glidden, he, he just, he is so good at articulating that. He, he's a holistic doctor and he says that the, we've all been kicked off the bus of medicine and they're using yeah. the wrong, wrong dog for the hunt. I mean, he did how he, how he talks, but 
you know, I know. Peter, Peter's a good friend of mine. I like what he <laughs> like the way he says things. He's always and he's always so funny too. He's just hysterical yeah. if you get him going, you know. Yeah, he's great. He just says it, just articulates it so direct and so well. But you know, during World War II, when they defeated the Nazis, there were weather events and other things that happened that allowed them to defeat the Nazis that were not typical. And miracles happened. Um, I know it sounds odd, but if you really research, and I can't remember a lot of the details, I know the Russian army defeated the Nazis due to a bunch of storms. And I think that that's what you're talking about. We have to um, keep doing our thing, but I believe God will intervene uh, doing things that will allow us to win where it, it's statistically almost impossible to. But if we don't try, we're not going to do it. That's true. I mean, I never want to take away anybody's hope of anything. I mean, we never know what's going to work and what's not going to work. But, you know, no matter how long we live on this planet, Sarah, I mean, you know, if we live to be 80, 90, 100, whatever it is, it's a speck in time compared to eternity. Yes. And so, you know, and we keep looking for physical solutions to spiritual problems. You know, it's, you know, the lack of faith and, you know, different things that we did along the way that got us into this mess. And yet we want to find that, you know, we want to find the tool, the technology, the detox thing, the this and that to, again, tinker with our human body. And, you know, so, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, people have reasons they want to be alive. They've got spouses and children and grandchildren and things they want to do in the planet. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day, where you are going to spend eternity is the most important thing. And it, it, so, yes, do what we can to try to make the physical body better, but the spiritual, how, but our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if we are um, only concerned about fixing this thing, it's going to be at the end of the day, it's the wrong end of the stick to be focusing on. That's right. You need to you need to get your mental house in order too, your spiritual house. I I always say that the and this is something I've been trying to tell people or trying to get the message out there that the people who are spiritually grounded are the ones that can not that aren't as susceptible to propaganda because we're all being bombarded with propaganda. Even stuff that we think is what we want to hear, they twist it and and we have to be very careful. And so the way to get around that is to be spiritually grounded so that you can critically think and you can, um, you can question things and not worry about it. There's something about the spiritual grounding and being connected to source, you know, just be always doing something, just being good and loving and caring and connected to God that allows you to be spiritually grounded. And I'm not talking religion. I'm not even talking a specific religion. I think it's it's a it's a way of being. The Christians True. or yeah yeah, because I I don't think yep. that yeah you you know what I'm saying. Okay, before we end this amazing discussion, you are always so great to talk to. What do you want people to know and hear from the great Dr. Sherry Tempenny? <laughs> oh well, I don't know. I think it's. I think we've already covered a lot of it. I think that people need to take care of their physical body. They need to not, if you've done one shot, don't do two. If you've done two, don't do three. I mean, the boosters, this new booster that they have come and come out with this brand new one. That's the bivalent that has a strain of the Wuhan virus and a strain, one of the strains of Omicron in it. Um, those viruses don't even exist anymore. They're not even in circulation. So they want don't you to get a shot. It. They want you to get a shot to protect against something that doesn't exist. And in, the good news is, is that this was just released at the beginning of September. And so far, only 0.1% uptake of that shot. So we are making a difference in letting people wow. know that this is ridiculous and don't do that. 0.1% uptake. Well, what do you uh, think they released... in the news? They said in Minnesota, they said that 4% of the people took it. We do have a, a, a larger percentage of idiots here. Well, I don't know. I think I I think that somebody sits in the back room and flips a coin. You know, <laughs> they really do. I where do they come up with these numbers? Where does it's it come up? With? Where do they come it's up with them? BS. So we don't even exactly. know if the point zero one. We just know it's really low. It's really low. 
you know, that they, and people aren't doing it. They don't want it. Um, I did a, um, a PowerPoint. I did a big webinar like two weekends ago. I got a, and, um, it was, let me see, we just got to pull up this one slide because I got to read it to you because it'll make you laugh because it's so true. It was towards the end of the presentation. And um, this was a, um, a meme that somebody sent me that actually has um, Trudeau's picture on the front of it. But what it says over top of it is what's important. It says the government has a dilemma. They need to convince the unjabbed that the jab works in order for them to get their first two doses, while at the same time, they need to convince those that have gotten the jab that it didn't work, so they need to go get a booster. <laughs> I mean, it's so stupid. The whole thing is I stupid. I know, but the whole thing is stupid. They need to, you and me are the bad guys. We need to go get those shots. Yeah, and oh yeah, after we're bad them, guys. And then after we get them, they go, oh, but they didn't work. Now you need a booster. I mean, <laughs> let that sink in. It, the whole it's thing like, is stupid. Yeah, do not do. I don't trust them for anything. And the sad part is there are some things that you should trust for, you know, the good doctors who can do some things to help you. And they're not going to have the trust of the people either for things that are important. That's the problem with losing the trust of people is that when things can be helpful, they're not going to trust you for it. Well, I think that what's the, the medical system as a whole is just so incredibly broken and the loss of trust. I mean, once you, you know, once you lose trust in something or someone, it's nearly impossible to, to get it back unless you earn it back and you earn it back by truth and transparency yep. and admitting that you were wrong. I mean, Sarah, if you were my best girlfriend and there was something that happened between us that, that you lost trust in me, you know, not only if I wanted to amend that relationship, would I have, would I have to, I would have to make the first step because you don't trust me anymore. You don't have anything to do with me. I would have to take the first step and lay it out and, and admit that I was wrong and it, it accept responsibility and say, I'm sorry. And start from there. And the healthcare physician, uh, uh, the healthcare industry and the physicians are going to have to start from that place of transparency and asking for forgiveness and say, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I don't see that. I don't see that happening. I don't, not only do I not see that happening. I don't even think if they did that, I would be able to trust them. I mean, I am that, but it, although but it, there, it, it, there's it a doctor that I work with that, but she never bought into it and she was fighting it. And she's just a good person that was horrified by stuff. So I can't blame her. And she tried to get out of the situation and move to Texas. And so she's like you, right? So I, those aren't the people. It's the people who bought into it and were pushing it. I don't think I'll ever trust them. I don't care how much they apologize. I just, I, cause I question their ability to make a decision. That's the problem I have. I question their basic competency level now too. Well, I don't think that, it, that what I just said is going to happen on a global perspective. That's going to be on a one and one, one on one perspective. Yeah, I think it's the right. human, it's the human connection of the physician, take off the white coat. I'm a human being and my That's relationship right. with, with my patient, um, to accept responsibility for harm that I cause. Yeah. And it's not how do I be the, yeah, I'm sorry. Keep going. Well, it's not going to be on a global basis. We're not going to have a whole bunch of people standing in front of a camera somewhere going, yeah, me too. I'm sorry too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> me too. You know, it's I mean, you know, how it works anyways, yeah, it's not going to how it works. Right. But I do think that if physicians, whether they're an integrative alternative physician, whether they're a naturopath, a chiropractor, whoever they are, I would say the same thing is true with pastors, pastors that close their doors. Yes but had their shot clinics on Tuesday. Right. I mean, I mean, they need to repent too. Yes, I mean, it's do. all about repenting and accept. And the first step of repentance, Sarah is accepting responsibility for your wrongdoing. I made a mistake. I own it. That's the first step in, in responsibility. I made a mistake. I bought the Kool-Aid. I didn't do my research. I didn't read. I didn't this. I didn't that. I accept responsibility. I'm not blaming anybody. This, the buck stops here and it lands on me and my shoulders. 
and I accept responsibility for it. I failed. I was wrong. I repent. Please forgive me. I think that's a beautiful, I think that's true. What one last thing I want to ask you is we're, we're seeing a lot of deaths and we're going to see more. I mean, that's, I really think that's the evidence and all the excess, the excess deaths are growing pretty dramatically. And this winter is going to be, a, it's going to be hell. What advice do you have for people to get through this mentally and spiritually? Because, okay, we talked enough about the physical, but let's talk about how do we mentally and spiritually get through this? It's going to be a tough time. It is going to be a tough time. You know, and I've spoken to a lot of pastor groups and I've said to the pastors, listen, you failed us miserably on the first round. Don't fail us on the second round. You failed us miserably by, by listening to the public health department and cowering underneath the pew, wearing your little mask. And, you know, you, you, you know, listen, Sarah, there's the Bible has, it says more than 300 times fear not. There's a lot of fodder in there. They should have every single Sunday, they could have done it for six years. Every single Sunday had a sermon on fear not. And if God bothers to repeat himself that many times, it's probably important. And so, <laughs> you know, the, the, and so, you know, fear not. What are you afraid of? You're afraid of getting sick? Well, then let me tell you how you keep yourself healthy. You're afraid of dying? Well, that's a different conversation. Let's talk about that. I mean, there's all kinds of things that could have happened that didn't. And when I say to them, don't fail us the second time around, as the tsunami of death comes, that That's husbands, right. brothers, children, parents, all of these people that have gotten the shot and either die from the shot or die from the sequela of the shot or die because they now have destroyed their immune system and they get pneumonia and whatever the other type of infection that comes along and die from that, the deaths are going to be real. All cause mortality is through the roof already. And we're not even two years into this pastors. If you're listening to this priests, rabbis don't fail us the next time around, go to your people, comfort them, pray with them, be with them as they go, as they march through the tsunami of death that's coming. And, and in the meantime, do whatever you can to get yourself as healthy as you can get your vitamin D level tested. It should be at least 80, if not more, um, get your iodine level tested. It should be at least a hundred take zinc, quercetin, vitamin C, um, NAC, all of those things. You can get that. I'll do a self selfless, a shameless self-promotion. You can get that at the Dr. Tempeny store. If you go to drtempeny.com, there's a supplement store that we have, and there's a supplement that we promote. It's called Optimune. And the Optimune has all of those things I just mentioned in one bottle, and you only take two pills a day. So instead of taking 10 to 15 pills a day, you can do it in two. So that's at the store. It's called Optimune. You can, it's called Optimune is what it is. We mm -hmm. have it, I have it right here. Um, but yes, do your part to stay healthy. You could do better from keep getting colds and flus this winter by taking adequate amounts of vitamin D and washing your hands. I mean, please take care of your body, take care of it. And then take care of your mental, emotional, spiritual health, wherever you get your, I get my spiritual strength from, from the Bible. If yep. you are a Christian and you get your spiritual strength from that, get your head in there and start reading it. You know, don't just have it be a, a nice, pretty thing that sits on your coffee table. Get in there and read it. Make it be real to you. You know, and if you're a, you know, if you're a Catholic, then make it real to you. If you're a rabbi or if you're, if you're Jewish, make it real to you. If you're a Muslim, make it real to you. Make whatever is your God and feeds your soul and your spirit make it real to you. For me, from a Christian perspective, you know, my, my, my God is my strength and my walk with Jesus is what's important. And so, and, and instead of just like, yeah, I kind of believe in God, make it real to you because that's, that's right. what you're going to need in the strength going forward. The spirit being spiritually grounded and connected. Well, thank you so much. You are a hero. You are, I know you don't like to hear that about yourself because it seems when you're in the middle of it, you, you wouldn't, if you liked it, you probably wouldn't be a hero. <laughs> it's just not how it works. So thank you so much. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I, it's kind of nice to get a little bit of a pat on the back once in a while when this is this difficult to deal with. 
So um, thank you again. And I, yeah, and, and it's true, you know, we, we never, we never see ourselves the way other people see us. At least most of us don't. And, you know, I'm the same all the time, Sarah, whether I'm talking to you on a podcast, if I'm sitting, having a glass of wine with you, if I'm one-on-one with my patients, if I'm sitting here with somebody I care about, I decided when I was 19 years old, I was going to be the same person all the time. I don't have an onstage personality and a doctor personality and a Sherry, the friend personality. That's great. You're either going to love me or hate me for what you see is what you get. <laughs> that's just the way but it is. That's cool. <laughs> you have integrity. This is who I am. I do the best I can. And, um, you know, that's all I got. <laughs> that's enough. That's all sure. I got. <laughs> that's great. Okay, well, I will uh, talk soon and thank you so much. You're welcome. Take care.